Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Today on the Indo-Daily, Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine has been approved for children aged between 5 and 11. So what does every parent need to know? I'm Siobhan Maguire, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Philip Ryan, political editor at the Irish Independent. What the government needs to do now ahead of the rollout of the jabs for the younger age group is provide parents with clear messaging and details of how safe these vaccines are to encourage them to go along and get their children vaccinated. Christine Losher, professor of immunology at DCU. All the data that we have so far from the clinical trials, from the real world data, is showing that this vaccine is safe in children. And Dr. Ty Crowley, Associate Professor in General Practice. I am a GP, obviously, in my job, but I'm also the father of four children, so I can understand all the concerns people would have in relation to vaccination at this time. Well, we'll hear from the medical and political experts later, but we wanted to find out what some of you think about vaccinations for children. So the question is, will you get the COVID vaccine? No. No, I don't want to because I don't want to get sick either. But I do not want to have it because it's sore in my arm. Will you vaccinate your child? Yes, I absolutely will. Why? Because I think that the risk posed by vaccination to my child is minimal compared with the risk posed by infection. I'm not sure. Uh, I had no problem getting myself vaccinated, but I I think it's kind of a different, different story when it comes to small kids and I'm unsure about it. But I'm also wary of them getting COVID and um, we don't know the long term effects of COVID. So I have to think about it and I'd like to do a bit more research about it. But I probably will ultimately get them vaccinated. Philip Ryan, political editor at the Irish Independent. Children can now be vaccinated. Can you tell me a bit more about this decision? Yeah, so the government has finally got the advice from the National Immunisation Advisory Committee that uh, these new vaccines developed by Pfizer can be used on children between the ages of 5 and 11. It's a a brand new vaccine. It's a vaccine that is of a lower dosage than than what myself yourself would have gotten and and most adults as well. But it it is a vaccine that uh, the scientists and and those involved in in developing these vaccines are um, safe in the knowledge that they will protect children and will stop the spread of the virus amongst them. Um, It's been a few weeks Weeks in the making, there, there, there's been a little bit of urgency to, to get this over the line, to, to get these jobs cleared so people can start getting them. 
The delivery of the vaccines should arrive this week, if not uh, a little later. And then the HSE, as as we speak, are putting in place plans to, to, to how to administer, administer these vaccines uh, to children and, or at least have the offer there for uh, families to, to bring their children along to, to, to centres or wherever else they're, they're, they're going to be administered. There's a bit of a, there's a, bit of a push to, to wh- however they are going to do them, to have them in a more child-friendly setting, that you're not turning up to these big centres and children being forced to stand in queues with, with adults as well. So they, they'll, they'll try to make this as, as easy as possible for the child to get. And then on the other side, and which is very important as well, is to have a significant information drive, a significant messaging campaign around these vaccines to show they're safe, give the parents the the, the information, the science behind them, the, the various research that has been done to, to, to leave any fears, which will naturally be there um, because it's a brand new vaccine, because it's in, involving children, that, that, that parents, that, that it is expected in government, that it will be a lot more um, need to, to give the information to people so that they are, they feel in themselves happy enough to bring their children along and get vaccinated. And Philip, you mentioned the the big vaccination centres, and last week, I mean, we we it was a bit of a shambles uh, for the HSE when lots of people turned up trying to get booster vaccinations, only to be turned away. Yeah, look, there's a lot of a lot of teething problems with this booster campaign, and I think everybody would admit the HSE themselves and the government too that it hasn't run as smoothly as the the original vaccination campaign, which is unusual in itself because you would have thought that. Maybe they had the practice now they could uh, unroll or re- roll it out just as good. But I think the problem was in some uh, aspect of it is that they they eased back on on the, the, the size of the, the vaccination campaign at one stage. So that you were seeing the, vac- the mass vaccination centers, as they were called, being closed. And then you also have this, this new alert system, which is kind of uh, being rolled out and is causing a bit of confusion uh, for a couple aspects. And um, I think the main one is is that people have options so you may get um, a text message there on your phone uh, alerting you that you have um, a vaccination a slot at a vaccination clinic to to, to go get your job in one of these the, the mass vaccination centers like they have out in SETI West and and all all the counties have one but then at the same time you might get a, a call from your GP to say hey look I'm I'm doing people in your age group now as well if you want to pop in so you're supposed to cancel your text number one if, if you're if you're going not everybody's doing that and and then on top of that you have um, GPS are supposed to mark your you off the list so that that's why you're having in some circumstances maybe not all GPS and, and pharmacists as well are doing this that that once they um, vaccinate someone they're supposed to click into the system and say look this person has been done so that's why you have these instances where people have been to their GP got their vaccine. And then are getting these messages saying, are you coming down to your local vaccination centre to get your thing? And then on top of that, the other issue that they're facing is, and and, and this is in some way tied in a little bit to the confusion that's been caused by the, the various options to people. But also there's a hesitancy there, not vaccine hesitancy, almost a... Uh, I don't want to call it laziness, but but people are, 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 are have other things in their mind and they're busy in the run up to Christmas and aren't going with the same speed and the same uptake to to get their booster shots. Uh, the, the HSE will tell you that 
in December is a bad month for no shows across the health service, whether it be um, going for x-rays or appointments or anything. People are busy. People have different things going on and, and that is feeding into it as well. And Philip, you mentioned earlier the need for clear communication in relation to uh, vaccines for children. But what about the, the messaging surrounding booster vaccines? Yeah, there's a little bit of disquiet in government um, within the ministerial circles and the backbenches to the approach that has been taken in some quarters, especially um, from the Taoiseach, who is seen in some ways as, as lecturing the public, giving out to them for not showing up. We've seen this a little bit throughout the pandemic. If, if it, it's always one sector of society, it seemed. It, it, the young people were being given out to for going out and enjoying themselves. The, the hospitality sector were being given out to for not introducing the COVID passes uh, as stringently as they should have been. And now we have the, the, the latest one is, is putting out the figures saying, why aren't people showing up, uh, wagging the finger? And uh, there is some in government that, that believe that that's, the, that that's the wrong approach because people will do this. They'll do it in their own time. They've shown already that the, the, the public, the Irish public, are, are happy to get vaccinated and, and will do and, and did it in their droves earlier this year. So while we need the booster shots in place to, to cut down on transmission, that maybe it's not always has to be the stick approach and a little bit of carrot can be used as well. Christine Losher, Professor of Immunology at DCU. Are vaccines safe for children? So yes, in, in short, they are. And I think, you know, there's two reasons why I would say that. Uh, the first is that the clinical trial data from Pfizer, who, um, who have had the approval for, for the vaccine for children, the clinical trial data is really strong in that not only are we getting good efficacy and a good immune response in these children, but that the safety data is really strong. So we're just seeing mild to moderate side effects that we've seen in other age groups. The second reason I say yes is that we have real world data now from 4.2 million children in the US in this category. They've had their vaccines over the last month. And even the EMA came out yesterday, the head of their vaccine strategy, and said that no se severe adverse events or no rare events have come to light or have been reported. And they're really, really happy with the safety. So for those two reasons, I would say absolutely, yes, this vaccine is safe for children. And it's, it's, it's not the, the vaccines that uh, you or I or the rest of the adult population have had, is it? It's, it's, it? it has a different name. Does that make it any different, though? No. So essentially, because it's a lower dose. So what they did before they did the clinical trial was they worked out whether they could get a good immune response with less vaccine because the children are obviously smaller. And what they, did, what they came to the conclusion was that one third of the adult dose was sufficient in these children. So what they've done is they have a separate supply of vaccines. Um, I believe that they're in slightly different colored vials with different colored tops on them. So they're very distinguishing that this is the dose for children. And I think the reason for that is, is that we cannot mix up doses with children and adult for any medication, including vaccines. And I think they wanted to be really clear that there's no issues when there's when it comes to administering them because we may be facing into a situation where children and adults might attend the same vaccination centre, for example. So I think for clarity, they've actually packaged them and made them differently at that lower dose. And Christine, will they work in exactly the same way um, the adult uh, uh, dosage does? Uh, and, and, you know, will children have to kind of go back in, in six months and get another um, vaccine? 
So they'll work exactly the same way. It's the same. They get the messenger RNA, which is the instructions for the cells to make the spike protein. And then that switches on the antibodies to be made and the whole immune response against the spike protein. So exactly the same scenario in adults and children. It's just that they worked out that children need less to get the same immune response because they're smaller. I think in terms of the question about whether we're going to need to give them a third dose, I think what's becoming really apparent is, and this is very I suppose normal when you roll out a new vaccine is that you kind of tweak the vaccine regime as you go. And what we are seeing from real world data is that we do need a third dose to give us protection. But more importantly and more relevant, I think um, even this week is that we have data that shows that that third dose is even more important against Omicron. And I think that new variant has kind of changed things a little bit for us in that we know that with the third dose, you have much higher protection against Omicron. So we may be in a situation where after the children get the regime that's been designed for two doses, they may have to follow suit in terms of Omicron in getting the third dose to maximise protection. Have we examples internationally, Christine, where children have been uh, vaccinated on a large scale and it has been hugely successful? Yeah, so actually, you know, these are not these are not going to be the first um, children to be vaccinated, um, you know, uh, um, children in Europe in general. And um, they have been, they've started to roll out the vaccine in Canada. They've been rolling out a different COVID-19 vaccine in, in China and some of the Asian countries, the Sinovac and the Sinopharm vaccine. They've been recommended for children in those countries for a long time. Um, and they do, um, they do give good uh, protection and they have been working well in children. Um, but our best data in terms of how this vaccine is behaving is the real world data that we're getting from the US where we've had this 4.2 million euro um, uh, uh, rollout and um, no safety issues. We're just waiting to see what the numbers are going to look like in the US because children need two doses three weeks apart. And that means that they won't be protected until about 10 days after the second dose. So it's only coming to that time now where the first children vaccinated in the US are going to come into that period of time where they have good immunity. So we're going to have to watch closely and see whether their case numbers fall because 40% of the children, 40% of their cases in the US have actually been in this age group. Dr. Ty Crowley, Associate Professor in General Practice, um, you're based in Kilkenny. What are you seeing now in relation to vaccinations for children? Are you are the queries flooding in? Yeah, Siobhan, the queries are flooding in. I suppose what I'm seeing in, in full-time general practice at the moment is a, a, a rising number of cases uh, around Kilkenny. Um, and coupled with vaccinations going on and obviously the announcement that they're going to extend the vaccination programme to 5 to 11-year-olds has piqued people's interest. And I suppose a lot of parents are trying to figure out what to do or what not to do. Obviously, they have kids in school and there's been a big rise in the number of cases, particularly in Kikini anyway, uh, of children in that age group. So, I suppose parents now have the challenge of saying, are we going to give our child a vaccine or they're in school and potentially picking up the the COVID and trying to balance vaccination with trying to balance whether kids will get an infection that 
a lot of them won't be that sick with. So it's a, it's a difficult quandary for our parents. And what kind of advice are you are you giving parents? Uh, say parents who were on the fence, for example, Tig. Yeah, I mean, it's it's first of all you've got to acknowledge and accept that it's a very difficult quandary for our parents. You know, so. Uh, the old adage of rushing in and telling them, look, give vaccination, there'll be no problem. You know, you've got to understand where they're coming from. And it is a very difficult issue. I suppose the first thing is there's been a lot of thought has been put into it. So I, I tend to break the groups of children down into sort of three groups. I suppose, firstly, it's the group of people, of kids between that age group that have actually conditions themselves. You know, they may be immunosuppressed. They may have other conditions that have them on medication that would make them uh, prone to picking up severe infections. So if we de- dealt with that group first, Siobhan, uh, I would be encouraging those parents to get the vaccine because that group of people are very susceptible to COVID and very susceptible to being sick with COVID. Uh, the second group would be kids in that age group that maybe are living with someone who, ha- you know, maybe aged, there may be an elderly grandparent living in the house, or there may be another sibling with an immunosuppressed condition. And I suppose that's a conversation that, that is easier to have and parents can go into it. Probably the third group that's a bit difficult then is the group that are well. And, you know, obviously, like with COVID, most people get COVID and have no problems with it. Some people get COVID and get long COVID symptoms. Some people get COVID and can be seriously unwell with it. And it's it's trying to put it in that perspective of, you know, that a lot of children will be well with it, but that some won't be well and seeing what parents want to do in that situation. I suppose one of the things I do highlight is is the, the vaccine in terms of safety, because that's obviously an issue. It is a relatively new vaccine and parents are right to be wondering about it. But I suppose to date in the US and Israel, about 4 million doses have been given out and there doesn't appear to be major problems with the vaccine. And then the second thing I'd also reference in, in the discussions in that the government of NIAC did sort of focus groups between the 12 to uh, the over 12 group. And a lot of those children, when they were included in the conversation, wanted to be vaccinated, wanted to be vaccinated against the, against the disease but also wanted to play their part in society. So I, I bring that out as well, that it's important to bring the young children into that discussion to see what they feel. And Tyke, do we know how this will be uh, distributed to children? Are, are GPs being roped in now in, in terms of, of vaccinating kids? So it, that process, it hasn't been operationalised yet by the HSE. Uh, so we're not really sure, Siobhan, at this stage. More than likely, it's probably going to, to go through the mass vaccine clinics, I would suspect. Um, but it hasn't been operationalised at this stage yet. And so finally, Tig, uh, would you perhaps have some advice for parents in relation to vaccinations uh, coming down the line? Is there anything they should be doing between now and the rollout to really familiarise themselves with what these vaccinations are all about? Yeah, I suppose, Siobhan, and that's a very good question. I suppose the first thing is to find out what their worries are, because, you know, and sometimes it's they want to hear about the vaccine, but sometimes they have a worry, you know, about the vaccine. Uh, the main one, will my kid be safe, I suppose, is the big thing. And and just to read up about the vaccine and read the experience of previous groups 
um, I, I think is the big thing. And, and, and it's to sort of educate themselves as much as possible in terms of the vaccine, but also in terms of what their concerns are. Once you do that, it, it makes for a very open conversation. And it's very understandable why you'd have worries and concerns. I suppose that's the big thing uh, about people. You know, sometimes they, they think the medical establishment is just going to say, oh, no, you have to have the vaccine and that's it. It's not. It's an open discussion. I'm a father of four children myself. I, I understand the worries and concerns. My kids were at, the, at the, the last cohort. So absolutely, you can understand the worries and concerns they have. And that was Dr. Ty Crowley, Associate Professor in General Practice. My thanks to, to Philip Ryan, Political Editor at the Irish Independent, and Christine Losher, Professor of Immunology at DCU. I'm Siobhan Maguire, and today's episode of the Indo Daily was presented and produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, and sound design by John Smith. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts.